Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Come on. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Conley, tight curl through the lane, gets down, bounces to Rudy. He'll grab it with a left hand, then throw it through for two. Clarkson works the right side, gets free, fires the three, tickles the twine. Bogdanovich, another hard drive. This time he floats it up and in on the left wing, and he'll buy it, and he'll get one free. Gobert, he's about three feet out, try to turn around, jumper, no good. Clarkson will fly in for the rebound and tap it up and in with a little bit artistic pleasure from Jordan Clarkson right there. Highlights is the Utah Jazz making four wins in a row. 12 of the last 14. Seven straight on the road. They beat the Spurs 110-104. Jordan Clarkson with 23 points. No Donovan Mitchell. And the Jazz get it done anyway, PK. Mitchell was there. He was tweeting like crazy. And they were reading every one of them. (laughs) He was. He thought it was pretty funny when... uh, When uh, Royce O'Neal got dropped to his knees by Jakob Pertl. But he had plenty of other comments throughout the game. I didn't read any of them. None of them? I was not on Twitter during the game, no. Didn't read them. I mean, I saw them. They put them on screen, but I I didn't know. I wasn't looking at Twitter. Clarkson with 23 off the bench. Hassan Whiteside with another strong game off the bench. 13 points, 8 rebounds in 19 minutes. The 3 wasn't falling, PK, but it was like they could hear your voice. Stop shooting the three. Attack the rim. They got a lot of laps, a lot of dunks. Created a lot of uh, free throws. Got into the paint. Got to the line. A lot of so things they were good went at, well for them. Were they good at the ones? Uh, they were pretty good at the ones. Yeah, 23 of 30, 76, almost 77%. That's decent. Not great. 80%, then you really start thinking, oh, you're really shooting it now. But high 70s is good. Yeah, and like we talked about the night before, the Spurs were unbelievably hot. They weren't going to continue that in two consecutive games, so you love to see that the night before, have some teams shoot out of its mind. Please shoot 50% the night before we get there. Then you can shoot 33%, which is what the Spurs did. They hit 10 of their 33-pointers. They were terrible at the ones. Four of nine, not good. No. Jazz off tonight. They play the Blazers in Portland tomorrow. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. We're down to the final five seconds. Here is Zach Levine against Reddish. Right elbow, the fade for three. Yes! Onions, baby onions! Zach Levine with his fifth triple of the first half. Bars for a three. It's short, no good. Rebounded by Mills. Pass ahead. Harden never got back. He's uncontested, and he dunks it with the left hand. Jaw drives into the paint. Jaw off the glass and in! Jaw Morant hesitates in the air. Gets it to go with .5 left. And the Grizzlies are on top, 114 to 113. John Morant with the basket. He's got 33 and none bigger than that one. And the Grizzlies beat the Suns, 114-113. That John Morant shot is the game winner. A rare loss for the Suns, but the Grizzlies get it done, despite 30 points from Devin Booker. Yeah, the Suns are without two starters. I mean, everything is a qualifier now. Yeah, Who's no in protocol. Aiden and Crowder are both out. Monty Williams is out. I mean, you got you got to look towards this now, and they, they what they reduce the uh, 
protocol time from 10 days to 6 or something. Yep, you can come back faster if you're asymptomatic. Coin came up heads on that one. Seemed like they're just swatting flies in the dark, but what do I know? You also heard in their highlights as the uh, Nets got the win over the Clippers, 124-108. The Clippers, another team, shorthanded, missing guys to injury. James Harden went off, 39 points, 15 assists as the Nets tops in the East, pick up the win over the Clippers, who you would assume are going to uh, struggle now. They are back to 500, fifth in the West, but could see them uh, see them drop from there now that they're without not only Kawhi Leonard, but Paul George also. Mavericks blow out the Blazers. Jazz are playing the Blazers in Portland on Wednesday. Kristaps Porzingis had 34 for Dallas. Mavericks win by 15, 132-117. Portland stinks. They're they 13 do. and 20. Yeah. They're they're not even in not only are they not in playoff territory, they're not even in that uh four fourteen play in uh place. They're they're not even in the top ten in the West. Greg Monroe. Playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves, 541 players with uh, with injuries and COVID protocols. The guys coming and going. That's a record number of players now appearing in uh, NBA games. So, Greg Monroe is back, baby. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Kamara, the running back. Dolphins show eight guys. Oh, it's it's Needham. Needham down the sidelines. A pick six. Touchdown, Miami. Talk about the defense coming through. Trips to the left. Now they put Lindsey back in the backfield. They got it on the inside. The Waddle. Waddle touchdown. Book back to throw. Getting pressure. And he gets away from uh, Baker. Downfield. And it's intercepted. Yes, who? And it's. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Now it's Brandon Jones. Brandon up. It's Brandon Jones. I thought it was Xavier. Ian Book with a couple of interceptions. His second pass deflected a little bit at the line and turned into a pick six. And Miami beats the Saints 20-3. Book gets sacked eight times. Miami in control of that game, just picking their spots. And they get the win. They are now in a four-way tie for the last wild card spot in the AFC at the moment. They've got the tiebreakers, but that changes week by week. So we'll see if they can hold on down the stretch. And for the Saints... That loss, they are no longer tied for the last wild card spot in the NFC. Their their postseason hopes in trouble, but that is the fourth different quarterback they have had to start this year. And had a graphic up during the game: fifty-four different players have started. The roster is usually fifty-three. So, Saints have had their issues, and they get beat in the Monday Night Football game. And when do we decide that this season is bogus in this regard? Come on. Taysom Hill, he just a bit have been very, very sick in order that they rule him out. I don't know what his status is. Maybe he is very, very sick. But if he's got nothing, wow. Because they had to start a fourth-string quarterback who was clearly overmatched. And a lot of quarterbacks would be in trouble getting sacked eight times, but Taysom would have done better than that. Every fourth-team quarterback is overmatched. That's why he's the 14th quarterback. Who's never thrown an NFL pass before he steps out there on Monday Night Football. 49ers starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Torn ligament, fractured bone in his right throwing hand. His status for the remainder of the season is currently up in the air. Head coach Kyle Shanahan said the injury occurred in the second quarter of the loss to Tennessee. Jimmy G finished the game, missed a wide-open TD pass, threw a couple interceptions with other passes going awry, and 
Apparently his thumb all sorts of jacked up, but he tried to give it a go and they ended up getting beat. Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll telling reporters he doesn't believe the franchise needs a restart after their worst season more than a decade winds down. Not for one reason at all am I thinking that we have to restart this whole thing and create a new philosophy and a new approach and all that. Of course he would say that because if that was required, he wouldn't be there. Ooh, restart with a new head coach. Pete Carroll totally opposed to that. That's like uh, you want diversity in hiring as long as it's not your job. job. (laughs) Adam Silver, he wanted to see more female refs. Well, I want to see a female commissioner. Hey, now. (laughs) DJ and PK. (laughs) Hashtag college football. He's the total package. He's everything you, you you want to see. I can just already picture him playing for like the Steelers or the Patriots and like one of those guys that people are like, where'd that guy come from? Oh yeah. He's playing for nine, 10 years as a, as a starting linebacker for Bill Belichick. He, he's that kind of guy. A tremendous leader, incredibly motivated, came back this year to win the Pac-12 and get to the Rose Bowl. Like if you can't pull for Devin Lloyd, you don't care. You know I mean? He's, he's been great. Very kind of representative of who this Utah team team is this year and I'm excited to to get to Pasadena and have a chance to to see them and the Buckeyes go go toe to toe. That's ESPN's Kirk Herbstreet talking about the youth star linebacker Devin Lloyd in advance of the Rose Bowl game which Herbstreet will be in the booth for so he likes himself some Devin Lloyd there went on for quite a bit in his media availability yesterday about uh, Devin Lloyd. Well, if he plays 10 years for Bill Belichick, that would put Bill Belichick at 79 years of age. <laughs> He's just cranky enough to pull that off. Ohio State's going to be without four standout players in the Rose Bowl. Two of the top three receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, are not going to play. Offensive lineman Nicholas Pettit-Ferrer will not play. Defensive lineman Haskell Garrett has also opted out. All four of those guys headed to the NFL draft. So they aren't going to play. we got the question up on Facebook. We'll get your reaction to that news coming up. But PK, two of the top three receivers out. Not not to underestimate the impact that losing an offensive and defensive linemen have, but those receivers are awesome, and two of the three aren't going to play. This taints the Rose Bowl. This is a first. Congratulations, Ohio State. And Kurt Herbstreet met with uh, not just Rose Bowl media, any media, I yeah. guess. It was about 35 minutes I was on it yesterday. I didn't ask any questions. I listened. And right at the end, uh, the uh, I think somebody maybe from Ohio, I'm not sure uh, who the question was. Uh, Trevor Allen, our KSL guy, asked a question. And then they went and asked about the Ohio State uh, defections or opt-outs. And uh, Kirk went off. Uh, he really had some strong opinion. I'm writing about this. It will be posted at KSL this morning. And uh, wow, it's just it's a shame. This is this is unbelievable, and we'll, we'll get to it. I mean, Kirk Kirk Mega had some great points that I want to bring up. All right, we will have that coming up in our next segment. Uh, more bowl games impacted. The Arizona Bowl is off. Boise State pulled out of that bowl game due to COVID nineteen issues within the program. Central Michigan was going to be the opponent, but because Miami pulled out of the Sun Bowl, Central Michigan will now take the four-hour trip from Tucson over to El Paso, and they will get a much bigger payday to play Washington State in the Sun Bowl. Instead of three hundred fifty grand for a game that was going to be streamed on Barstool Sports, four point five five million. Yeah, for a game that'll be on uh, CBS on New Year's Eve, and they get to play Washington State. So, the Arizona Bowl is the fourth bowl game canceled so far. This is the 
On top of that, there's two more bowl games where the matchup has changed. So, there you go. New Oregon head coach Dan Lanning will call plays as Georgia's defensive coordinator against Michigan in the playoff. So, he will still be there as Georgia tries to win it all. And like the NBA, the ACC announced Monday it'll add a shorter isolation option for vaccinated individuals to its medical advisory group report. So, there you go. That is what is trending. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job. Too big or too small? Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, next segment, you'll hear from Kirk Herbstreit. Get your reaction to the news that Ohio State's got four starters who aren't going to be playing in the Rose Bowl. Rod joins us now from Lendright Mortgage. Rod Rex back with us once again. Rod, good morning. Good morning. You're here now to help people tap the equity. The end of the year, people want to make some big financial decisions right here. Right now, you've got a little bit of advice for them. Yeah, right now is definitely the best time we've had in a lot of years to be able to tap into that equity just because of that record increase in home values. So with the new 2022 loan limits in place, you can get a conventional loan up to $647,200. So if you're looking to do any major purchases, uh, pull some money out to remodel, do an addition, or consolidate any debt. Uh, Now is definitely the time to do it just because as we move into 2022, the Federal Reserve has already said they're gonna hike their federal funds rate at least three times. So higher interest rates are on the way. So right now you wanna get that money out while rates are still so low. Not everybody's good with math and not everybody's good with math while they're driving in the morning either. So when the rates go up, how much cash does that mean out of people's pocket? What, how much? How much, how many total dollars is that going to turn in? You got a couple examples? Yeah. If you look at a $400,000 loan on a 30-year term, uh, if you compare right now, you can get a cash out rate of even in the, in the high twos. Uh, but if you compare, let's just say an even 3% interest rate, you'll pay a total of $87,000 less in interest over the life of the loan if you compare that to rates of 4%. And if you go up to a rate in the fives, that's a difference of $166,000 in interest paid. So literally tens of thousands of dollars in interest paid to lock in that low rate where, where we're at right now. Everybody's situation is a little different. If they want to uh, follow up with you right now and, and get some information and answer some questions about their individual situation, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, best way to uh, do that. We've got a team that can run your individual scenario, shop all of our lenders, and you can get a hold of them by calling 801 Approve or log on at lenderitemortgage.com. All right, online at lenderitemortgage.com or 801 Approve. 801 Approve. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. This is unripe. You guys are doing a hell of a job. Rabinowitz from the Columbus Dispatch covering the Ohio State Buckeyes. What matters is the playoffs. And if you're not in the playoffs, everything else is kind of an afterthought. But if you're not going to be in the playoffs, and look, only four teams are in it. There are a lot of consolation prizes. If you have to have one of the consolation prizes, this is the best one to have if you're an Ohio State fan or a Big Ten fan. Because there is something still special about just saying, you're going to Pasadena, you're going to play in that Rose Bowl. There's so much history, so much tradition with that. And, And for most of Ohio State's existence, playing and winning in the Rose Bowl was the ultimate. 
That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hot Takes Your Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair, it's 2021, and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment. Or visit www.utahairmd.com. All right, PK, we got time for the question of the day here, and we got people on our uh, social media here, Facebook, Reacting to the how sad is it that several Ohio State players are opting out in the Rose Bowl? Let's hear from Kirk Herbstreet. You mentioned it in the last segment, but for people just joining us, uh, he had a media availability, and there were a lot of questions about the playoff games, but also about there was some about the Rose Bowl, and, and that's when uh, he got going and definitely got your attention. I just don't buy into this this narrative of meaningless bowl games. These teams have always had goals. The high profile teams have always had goals to get to the championship or to get to a certain bowl. Um, And it doesn't happen all that often, but you don't throw in the towel and say, well, we didn't accomplish our goals. So we're not real happy about going to this bowl, but you know, we're going to, we're going to go. I was on a team that did that. We lost to Michigan in 1990 And back in those days, you fell way down and we went to the Liberty Bowl and we had players on our team that were basically bad mouthing the city of Memphis and the Liberty Bowl publicly to the media. And we went down to Memphis and they they hated us. And I don't blame them, you know, for the things that were said um, after that Michigan loss. To me, I get being upset. I get like, hey, we didn't accomplish our goal. We didn't beat our rival. We didn't go to the Big Ten Championship. We didn't go to the playoff. Um, But, hey, man, we're going to the Rose Bowl. Like, it's the Rose Bowl. You know, we used to have to try to deal with the consolation prize of the Citrus Bowl. But this is the Rose Bowl. And, you know, maybe these players that, that are struggling to understand it, maybe when they get out there and they get out on that field, maybe it'll it'll dawn on them like why this bowl is different or why it's unique. Um, and I, I hope they do. You know, I, I, I get being disappointed, but you got to shake it off and move on to the next game, you know, and, and get the bad taste out of your mouth. I, I just, it, it's not like because we have a playoff that teams before a playoff didn't achieve their goals and still went to play at their bowl game and look forward to it. I, I I don't get it. I never will. If you're a competitor, you like to play in a game and let, let alone a hundred thousand seat stadium and a rating, a ranking or a TV rating that'll be as high as a semifinal. Um, my God, there's the, the tradition, which I know doesn't today's player doesn't really get that, but uh, I think you do once you get there and you, you get into that stadium, I think you start to feel it a little bit more. But I, I hope this isn't our new norm. I, I hope it's it's uh, you know just an era that we'll somehow get out of. But I I think um, I think the, the the quote of meaningless bowl games, it, you know, is, is the Akron game a meaningless game in September? You know, are we just going to pick and choose where a game has meaning? Um, your team is playing an effing game. Like 
it matters. You go play and you go compete your ass off. That's what you do. That's your job. Um, I don't get meaningless. I never will. And there's Kirk Herbstreet sticking up for tradition. I think he's right when he says the players don't get the tradition. And it's also for a lot of players, well, not a lot of players, for a lot of, for some of the high-end players, they treat it like the minor leagues. And, and I think that at its core is what bugs Kirk Herbstreet. I think he bugs them that they're opting out. I don't, I don't buy that they don't get the tradition. What is different about these players than before? So in the, in the 1970s, uh, they got the 60s tradition. So the 1970s players were better, more have more character than today's players. I mean, that's an easy thing to say, but I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. Uh, this The opportunity to play in the playoff for a few select teams, and then they don't get in the playoff, so they figure why. Why bother? Uh, I think they they fully know what they're passing up, but they've made the decision, and people and their handlers and all that have made the decisions or helped them make the decision, don't play in this game. I think the bigger point here is you get to decide that this is a meaningless game. And his point wasn't the Akron game in which you beat them 59-7. to And Akron was 2-10. and You were never going to lose that game. Why risk playing in that game? And then the next three weeks after that, they had a bye, so the next three games were Rutgers, Maryland, and Indiana. Those teams in the Big Ten were like a combined 5-22, and 5-23, somewhere in that range. Indiana literally lost every conference game it played. Isn't that meaningless? Why would you play that? And clearly that game is not even close to as big as the Rose Bowl. Why would you play in that? You could be injured. That's a meaningless game. You are never going to lose to Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, and Indiana. And then they played Penn State after that, after the Indiana game, and they won by nine. So you're good to go on that one. Sure. But you should you should start to pick and choose which games are meaningless. Why, why wait to the last one? You could have had a whole month there in which you could have trained for the NFL. So you should do that. I actually want to see more of it then. If we're going to decide that this game is meaningless, let's not stop with this this game. Let's pick these dog games. Wasn't it Riley Nelson who got hurt against Weber State? I mean, that was a meaningless game, and that altered the trajectory of his entire season. He shouldn't have played in that game. right? Where does it end? I think it's easier for him to end it at the end with the bowl games than it is to pick and choose along the way. Not that that we should, I guess, completely rule out picking and choosing along the way. Uh, And and guys have been rested in games when teams knew they could win. So there's probably some examples of that happening. Yeah, but that's the coach's decision, not the player's decision. Yeah, well, with NIL and a free transfer going forward, I wonder how much more uh, say the players are going to have. Um, but you're right, largely that has been a, a coaching decision. Maybe sometimes it's been made in conjunction with the players, but still a coaching decision. At the end of the season, the die is cast. And probably this has been triggered by coaches opting out of bowl games too. It's not just the players. Uh, players see coaches opting out, and then they see a, a player hurt. I mean, the odds are you aren't going to get hurt, but that doesn't do you any good if you are the guy who does get hurt. But Ohio State didn't opt out. Ryan Day didn't opt out, so that doesn't apply. Uh, it doesn't apply just in that particular case, but I think across the industry, players are aware 
that coaches opt out. And they do it because it's best for them. It's not best for the team, but it's best for them to get onto their their new job. And so, I mean, that mindset, it's new to the Rose Bowl, but it's sure not new to postseason. I mean, this has been, what, five years now building building yeah, up that's, to this? That, that's, so somebody in Stanford in 2017 did it so I can do it. Mm-hmm. If somebody plays on the freeway, should I play on the freeway? <laughs> I mean, where's that in? Probably, probably not. It's because but your friend saw, jumps off a cliff. You should too. We saw a bunch of Utes opt out of the uh, Alamo Bowl. I mean, what there's the hell lots does of have to do with the Rose Bowl. That has nothing to do with the Rose Bowl. Okay, well now you're picking and choosing which game is meaningful and meaningless. Obviously, yes, and I stand by it. The Rose Bowl is meaning is meaningful. If that if you think that's a negative, wow. <laughs> yes, I actually think the Rose Bowl is extremely uh, meaningful. So yes. Put me down as guilty. If if that's your t- definition of guilty, yes, I am. And I'm boldly doing it, and I'm loudly doing it. There's no question I'm doing it. Yes, I agree 100%. So the argument in the past, which you've signed off on, but maybe not now, who pays Chris Olave if he gets hurt? I mean, he's from San Ysidro. Who he plays Chris Olave he against Hurt from, against Akron? He didn't Who come plays for money. Against, against Rutgers, against Maryland, against Indiana. You are going to win those games guaranteed. Who pays if Chris Olave gets hurt in those games? But now his draft status is much more established than it was oh, at no, the start of the season. That's not true at all. His draft status has been solid for two years now. Come on. We know his name. You couldn't even name me the other two receivers of Ohio State until this year, but yet you knew Alave's name. You've known Alave's name for a couple of years now. That's not true. He could have made money last year if he if he so chose to. And I don't I don't buy that. He didn't he didn't need this season to solidify his draft status. He could improve his draft status, but he didn't need it to solidify it. Well, improving it makes him more money. So sure. it is it is a risk. But just you a said risk solidify. Case. You didn't say improve. Just okay, so I'll change that from improve to solidify. Or for solidify to improve. Well you can't Please. allow me to make your arguments for you. Then Why you're not? guaranteed to win. Oh, it's a good strategy by me then. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares how I you agree. win as long as you win? True. Very true. I can't argue on that, and I love to argue. Rats. <laughs> <laughs> so I, Herb's, Herb's, Herbie's point I think is well taken and and if these guys want to do that so be not, I'm not denying their right to do that to do whatever really I mean they it irritates right everybody because the Rose Bowl is so much fun and it's mm. just been more fun and more enjoyable than the other bowl games because it's always had such high-quality teams. It's been around longer than the other Bulls. It's at a time when we're free to watch it, and the other Bulls may or may not be. And so it sucks when it's the one impacted. It just means we're sprinting towards the 12-team playoff. It's going to happen. We're going to have a couple more years, two more, four more. You know, the contracts got opt-outs. Who knows how that'll play out. But it seems like the Rose Bowl is going to end up being a quarterfinal game locked into this time slot, so the sun will always go down at halftime and the San Gabriels can look like a million bucks. And if, if they could try and put a Big, Big Ten or Pac-12 team in it, great. 
that's one of the other Rose Bowl traditions that just kind of faded over time? Uh, not, not completely. No, you're right. Not completely. I mean, I mean it's rare that it's not. So uh, the thing about it is, is Herb Street makes a lot of points. When you think it, – it's like the thing I've been saying. I said it yesterday. When you look at Kobe and Jordan, I mean, the, the quote word loss, they lost way more than they won. And for generations, you were not playing for to win the national title in the Rose Bowl, but yet you still played. Right? Because you're going, there's no team, even Alabama, is going to lose more than it wins in terms of winning the national title. Right? Even if they won four in a row, they're not gonna, they're, there's going to be a five-year period in which they don't win. So what becomes meaningless and what becomes meaningful? And he brought it up in his day. <laughs> he said the consolation prize wasn't the Rose Bowl. It was the Citrus Bowl. I don't think he said it in that uh, three-minute thing we he played. Did. He, he did. Yeah, he, he mentioned it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, he did. Okay. And so, so, so he just crapped on the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Which, who knows what the Citrus Bowl is called now. Uh they don't even know what, you know, they morph in with the advertisers' names and you can't remember them. Uh, so. Right, but the point is that was still a New Year's Day game and those games tend to get played on New Year's morning. I think one of them moved this year, but they tend to get played on New Year's morning before the Rose Bowl. And they've, they've got those games, the Gator Bowl and Tam- Tampa, Orlando, and Jacksonville's NFL stadiums all. Well, two of them are NFL stadiums. Orlando's not. I guess that's the Citrus Bowl. And they, uh, and they play those on New Year's Day. And it's usually ranked teams. It's usually pretty good deals. And, and so you play for the 14 playoff. Why would you do that then? Because you, now you have to play two games. Well, who's going to pay Chris Olave if he got hurt in the semifinal or the final? Yeah, so if you're going on that logic, that's even that's, worse. That's there's no question. There's a risk there. I guess unless you lose the semifinal and you only play one game, but there's still well, why some would allegiance you do that? because there's some allegiance to the team and the team is trying to win a championship and championships matter over time. But now when you go to the other bowl games, you're not playing for the championship anymore. You're playing in a constellation game, and my allegiance to the team isn't that strong. And I'm not willing to risk the NFL money for that. I'll risk it for the championship, but I won't risk it for the consolation game. And then why work out? You could pull something. Why get out of bed? You can get by a car. And where does it end? Right now it ends with players not playing in bowl games. The Rose Bowl. And the, another thing is a byproduct of this is we can already hear. If Utah wins, yeah, well, whoop de Ohio State didn't have their guys. Paul yeah. Feinbaum will say it. I'll put money on it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, they're already downgraded. The granddaddy. Yeah, to me, if I were Whittingham and I kind of know him, I would use this. Look at these guys, man. They're disrespecting you. We're all excited. We got more guys that have declared for the draft so far than Ohio State, and every one of them is going to play. All right, so look at them. He can use it to tweak guys. Get yeah, a little extra adrenaline flowing right before the game. They're disrespecting us so much, they don't even want to play. And our guys, I mean, who's going to pay if Nick Ford gets hurt? 
uh, Frothingham, Britton Covey, Devin Lloyd. Because with this COVID thing, eligibility never runs out, apparently. And so you're always getting an opportunity to come back. Everybody can come back, right? There's, only, there's like five true realistic seniors. This is it in the whole country, I think, this it's, year. Uh, it's six <laughs> years to play five. It used to be five years to play four. But now for a whole group of players, about five years worth, it's six yeah. years to play five. It's actually uh, seven because you can play in four games and not have it count. So, uh, so you you get uh, two years back, uh, but all these guys are leaving and they're choosing to play. Who's going to pay for them? The, the problem is it, every argument that you have has a major hole in it. Nobody wants to be Jake, but. And he's the one guy. He's the guy, right? He's the guy people are always going to point to. Also, Jalen Smith from Notre Dame blew out his and, knee. And did they die? Are they not making money? Did they not play in the NFL? Uh, Jake Butt did play in the NFL. Didn't have the career he was projected so did, to so have, but he Smith, did play in the NFL. But both of them are out now. Well, yeah, the average lifespan of the NFL guy is three years. So if you played, played four years, you beat the average lifespan. That's pretty good. If the average lifespan of the American male is 77 and I live to 85, I beat the odds. That's pretty good. I mean, whatever it might be. So I just don't know that you can live your life in fear of, well, this this bad thing may happen, so I can't do this. I mean, where where does that end? At the college football playoff right now. These guys. You stand at the Rose Bowl, but not anymore. You better not do anything. You, you better not go out at uh, drinking at, at one in the morning because – Bad things happen then. You know, where does it where does it all end? And you better use protection every time you get intimate because you don't want uh, to be paying all sorts of money because if it's 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 obviously a money decision, right? And and I wonder what what they make on that one <laughs> as we get close to closing time. You know, a lot of these players have kids. Uh, and then you start having multiples through multiples, you're losing money. So who's going to pay fill-in-the-blanks money on that one? You know, Because it's a money decision, right? Because you already said who's going to pay Chris Olave's money if he gets hurt. Yeah, I think well, it's so, definitely a money decision. Right. So where, where does it end on that? We don't track any of that. Now, we know in certain segments the out-of-wedlock statistics are very high. Individual players will go to great lengths to keep that from being tracked. They will yeah. set up well, bank accounts at other banks. with Because if it's money, if it's a money decision, well, you shouldn't be doing that because you could lose money, right? It's the risk they're willing to take, <laughs> and they're not willing to take the Rose Bowl risk in four cases. There's plenty of Ohio State guys who are, and I don't think those are going to be the only guys who are drafted, but we'll see how that plays mm-hmm. out. I, I think it stinks. I, I think, uh, but I mean, I support their right to do it. So they certainly have the right to do it. That's not the issue. That's not the issue at all. So even if I disagree with them, I support their right to make decisions that they feel are in their best interests. So I'm not criticizing that. 
Uh, Herb Street's going strong. He's going far stronger than I am, actually. You know, you've got an effing game. Go play your ass off to quote him, <laughs> right? Yeah, he got all sorts of worked up. So he makes it sound like the he doesn't support their decision, their right to make that decision. I don't know. He didn't really get into that. So they certainly have the right to do it. It's just it's it's not about any individual. It's more about the system and how much it stinks, and that the Rose Bowl, for decades, it was the pinnacle for. Uh, 20 teams, however, I assume the Big Ten had 10. Uh, They don't now, obviously. But for 20 teams, it was literally the number one goal. And now I get that it's not the number one goal, but it's basically to the level of the potato bowl or whatever bowl to where it just doesn't mean that much. Wow. That's, That's what sucks. But that's the world we live in. A lot of individuals spent a lot of time and a lot of effort and built something up great that a lot of people benefited from. And we're always taught, you know, pay it forward and all that and leave something better than you found it. And I think the fact that that principle is getting violated is why so many people are upset right now. But the game's changing and nobody's really been responsible for the sport. There have been a lot of actors who have partial responsibility for the sport but there's no commissioner there's no guru at the top and so leagues have been acting out of self-interest taking teams out of other leagues coaches have been acting out of self-interest leaving teams before the season is over ad's have been acting out of self-interest firing coaches before seasons are over and hiring away other people's coaches but it's the players we watch so it really hits home when the players act out of self-interest and don't play in what used to be a special game Sure, and why would Alave even play this year? Because he could have gone, I don't know what his status is grade-wise, but you've got to be out of high school three years. Like Sewell, last year with the COVID, Mm -hmm. he decided not to play because he knew he was going to be a high pick. Shouldn't these guys be doing that? Well, I mean, we always discuss that when when players come back or they don't come back, and it is a risk with their health, and they are risking. And you get the insurance policy, so that offsets some of the risk. But the insurance policy isn't going to cover everything. I mean, Kyle Van Oy is having a spectacular career. He's beaten all the three-year odds and projections. He risked it all coming back for BYU, and I think we were all surprised when he did that. He'd already gotten to a level we thought, well, this guy's ready to go. And it wouldn't have been that shocking if Devin Lloyd had gone last year. So he's played, you can argue he's played a whole season. There's been a whole, and Herb Street at a different point in there was acknowledging, hey, you know, Lloyd, Lloyd could have gone. And he didn't, and he came back to do exactly what they're doing, win the Pac-12 and go to the Rose Bowl and improve his draft stock along the way. Not solidify, improve, PK. True. Because I think he was already solid. Yeah, he, now he's He was going to get drafted. Yeah, he was going to get drafted. Maybe he would have been a second-day guy, and now he looks like he's going to go in the first round. And oh, for sure. Yes, he's a big-time yeah. stud. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, there's where it sits. And it sounds like the only thing that's going to – Change this is the playoff going to 12 and the Rose Bowl being part of that. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, Pace Mannion, former Ute and jazz player at 8 o'clock. Jay Stevens, host of Locked on Buckeyes at 8.30 to talk about what the Buckeyes are going to look like now without these four guys. And Josh Newman, Utah beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune at 9 o'clock. That's all ahead right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. 
Let's do it. He covers Ohio State for The Athletic. Bill Landis. You know, there are people on the Michigan side questioning Ohio State's toughness. And, and one of their assistant coaches, I, I believe, said that Ohio State was, was kind of a soft, finesse team. And obviously, that's never something you want to hear somebody say about your program. So I'm interested to see if there's carryover from that going into this Rose Bowl. Because we all know that, that Utah wants to play the same kind of way. They, they want to play a physical brand of football. And Ohio State just kind of got challenged a little bit by Michigan. And, you know, I guess that can go one of two ways. They can just kind of roll over and kind of end the season and not, not worry much about putting up a fight. But I would say there's some pride in the line for Ohio State, too, because I don't think they want to go out in a fashion where it's, you know, back-to-back games where you're getting pushed around like that. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. It's a fifth annual Black Friday sale, and it has been extended through December at Davis Vision. Tired of glasses or contacts? Get LASIK now and save $1,400. There are limited spots available, so act now. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Utah Jazz picking up a road win last night. Pace Manning is going to join us to talk basketball in just a few minutes. we got Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes. Josh Newman, Utah beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. They're going to talk Rose Bowl with us at 8.30 and 9 o'clock. PK, four players, two of their excellent wide receivers, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, they all opt out. I did check the, uh, the point spread to see if it moved and depending on where you're looking at it, it looks like it moved about a point. It's like most people don't think it's going to be that big a deal, which to me, I mean, the the passing attack drives that offense. It's not that they don't have a good run game, because they do, but the passing attack drives that offense. i got to admit, I expected more of a reaction out of that. I I didn't at all. How come? This is is Ohio State. It it isn't about the competitive nature of the game. It's the brand. To, To me, it's the idea of opting out, people opting out of the Rose Bowl. This is a sacred thing, and I'm 100% biased. I'll never hide my biases. Uh, If you think I'm a fan of one team or another, just ask me, and I'll tell you the truth. (laughs) I don't mess around uh, on this. So my bias is towards the Rose Bowl, absolutely, because I grew up thinking that that was the pinnacle, that was the ultimate. So I'm coming from an extreme point of bias view, if you will. I love saying, if you will. You just sound so educated and so, like, cultured. If you will. If you use that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody knows I'm not, so I need all the cultured I could get. Uh, But this is Ohio State. I don't give a crap who isn't playing. You're Ohio State. You got one five-star after another. And so go to Henderson on the run game more. He ran for over 1,000 yards. So give him the ball more. Uh, I don't care if you're missing guys. You, well, it's not like got, their other receivers are short and slow. Right. You've literally got five-star quarterbacks transferring. Literally. Because they can't get out on the field. I mean, Joe Burrow transferred because he couldn't get out on the field at Ohio State. And then he just threw for 500 yards the other day. <laughs> and so... They and just had you know, the uh, NIL legend go back to Texas. Yeah, yeah. And Miller, who's a four-star out of Phoenix, leave. So they've had nine stars of quarterbacks, nine worth, nine stars worth of quarterbacks leave in the last month. So what they lose so, is experience. So you expect they to bleed, bleed for them? No, come on. No, I don't. I don't think so. So I, I don't really that that doesn't factor into it. And the first person who says Ohio State doesn't want to be there if the youth should win, I'm going to go nuts. <laughs> That's absolutely going to get said. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's the old BYU syndrome. If we beat you, you're not any good. So we can't get credit for beating big-name programs because they were in a down year. But if we should lose to them, well, so BYU's the youth, never in a down year. So See, you guys aren't very good. If the, youths, if the youths win, then they'll have Fiesta, Sugar, and Rose Bowl wins. Against Fiesta, a three loss. Sugar, Rose Bowl, <laughs> we'll party. <laughs> uh, but Pitt, Pitt sucked, and their coach had already quit to take another job. And Alabama and Ohio State didn't want to be there. Your big yeah, now the, the coach uh, could have been there. Johnny Majors could have been there forever at Pitt. And, and they were winning that game. Right, exactly. Right. So uh, I don't really want to hear that. And Saban, I mean, that was uh, – at one point in that season, they were ranked number one. Uh, they ended up losing at the end of Georgia. I but think. they weren't as stacked as they were. They were very good, but they were no, not it as was, stacked No, it was Saban's second year. It was his second year, and they were coming off like a six and six season, and that was their big leap. And then they've obviously have gone on to incredible heights since then. But you know, the the Utes didn't get as much bang for their buck because they were coming out of the Mountain West. This one here, you know, when when Utah goes to recruit and when it goes to fundraise and all, if they should win, it's not going to be. You know, well, I'm not going to donate money because four Ohio State guys didn't play. Or I'm not going to come to play. I'm not going to come to commit to play for Utah because you won the Rose Bowl before Ohio State guys didn't play. It's not about that at all. That's not the point I'm making. So if anybody gets wants to get caught up in that, no, I think that's ridiculous. I told you, if the Utes win the Rose Bowl, I'm going to put Kyle Whittingham on my shoulders. Of course, I'm going to break every bone in my body as I try to squat to do him. I gave Whittingham a full frontal hug when they won the Pac-12 in Vegas. Now, it wasn't Kyle. It was Freddie. But it was still a Whittingham, so that's close enough. Their DNA is virtually the same. Did you know that? An entry-level Whittingham? Is that what you're getting at? No. (laughs) Just to modify one of your all-time great lines. An entry-level Kardashian. Well, an entry-level Whittingham. Nah, that, that would be like maybe one of his kids or cousins or whatever. This is Freddie. I mean, that's his brother. I mean, they, they, they've, they're cut from the same cloth. Although Freddie's a, Fre- Freddie's a tad bit softer in a good way. Yes, absolutely. I was going to say, do you think Kyle, if the roles are reversed, there was a, there was a, and Fred's officially now the uh, tight ends coach, but there was a time he had another title, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was an administrative position. Yeah, but one of his jobs was when they were going through the drudgery of camp, teams will always do something at the end that's fun, kind of, you know, end on an up note and all that. And there was one that somehow it came down to, um, I think they were kicking footballs at soccer goals or something, and then another time they were throwing the ball out of the stadium. And it got to the point where, because the media had access at that point and could see this stuff, and so the media was getting into it and asking Kyle about it. Like, how would you come up with that? And he's like, I have no idea. I told Fred to come up with something. That's what he came up with. And all the guys seemed to love it. So Would Kyle have ever come up with throw the ball out of the stadium? Well, let's, okay, but it, it, let's acknowledge that Freddie is an assistant, so the entire fate of the program doesn't rest with him. <laughs> he, had, he had more time to think about other stuff. Yes. All right, D, DJ and PK, time to bring in Rod Rex right now from Lendright Mortgage. And Rod, the message today is that rates are about to change, and that's going to affect everybody's pocketbook as they get financing on uh, homes, condos, uh, whatever kind of property they're looking at. 
Yeah, the uh, the writing's on the wall. The Federal Reserve's uh, put us all on notice that uh, inflation is at 30-year highs, and they're going to act to counterbalance that. And that means interest rates are definitely going up from here. So where we've still got rates that you can get a 30-year fixed in the twos and still have that 15, anywhere from an 8 to 15-year term with a rate still as low as in the ones, uh, you want to refinance, uh, purchase, because that just means tens of thousands of dollars of money that you won't have to pay an in interest by acting now uh, to do that purchase or refinance. So you said that the Freedom Loan is one of your most popular loans. What is it? How does it work? Yeah, the best part of that loan is that you can come to us. We shop uh, lenders across the country. We find the lowest rate and fees with our best lender, and that's who we do your loan with. So one example, we had a client who was just recently comparing us in terms of our rates on a purchase transaction that they were doing, and they already had their quote from their credit union. And when we provided them with an apples-to-apples comparison from our best lender, we were able to get them a rate that covered 100% of their closing costs, uh, where their credit union was charging them thousands of dollars in closing costs. We got them the exact same rate, except we covered 100% of their closing costs. So saved them over $10,000. So if people want to get into their individual situation and questions about what they might want to do and when they might want to do it, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, best thing to do is call us. Uh, 801-APPROVE is the phone number, or you can find us online at LendRightMortgage.com. 801-APPROVE, 801-APPROVE, or LendRightMortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. Coming up next, Pace Mannion joins us talking about the Jazz win and his Utes in the Rose Bowl. Next, stay with us.